Well, yeah, I'm um, happy to give my opinion on um, everything I've read and what I know about the vaccination. Um, it's just crazy to me that people are so blindly falling into the gist of uh, that it's safe because they're still in clinical trials. Nothing is approved. It's not FDA approved, not any of them that's being administered here um, in the United States. And I know that uh, the AstraZeneca has been banned in Europe. I want to say Canada too. I can't be sure though, but um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's insane to me. <laughs> okay. So you can start with a little bit of your background. What do you do? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I just started this whole podcast thing um, about six months ago. I am a teacher. Um, I'm from Ohio in the United States. Um, <clears throat> I have a background in education, which we'll get into that a little bit later, but if I would have to do it all again, there's no way that I would want to um, be part of the indoctrination of children. And I would not ever choose to get my degree in education if I could um, go back. It's a whole different time um, and I don't really want to be part of it. But I started this podcast because there was so much mistruth coming out in mainstream media. There were um, events that I attended for uh, rallies, not with the 2020 election, but the 2016 election events that I attended um, and heard the speakers there speak firsthand. And then the next morning, whenever I woke up, the headlines were so misconstrued of what was said and the information that um, was like given to all the attendees. I'm like, um, that's not right. This shouldn't be happening. So I decided to kind of start a podcast with my husband's push to get the information that's actually, um, actually factual to share because a lot of people only depend on the mainstream media and they only have one thing to push and it's their agenda and it's a money fed agenda. So they're going to push and um, present information that only benefits them. And a lot of the time it's not factual. There is, I agree with you when it comes to that, uh, because uh, I started off my podcast with that whole idea at first, because that's the uh, first thing I got when I got to know that uh, the vaccines, when the vaccines were released, they were not properly like scrutinized, like um, the like how we learned back back in when I was in med school. So I was like, okay, there's something wrong. There's something fishy. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I that's why I started my podcast as well. Not everybody was going to agree with me because um, I, um, especially because I came from an environment where doctors like believe everything what other people say. And it's like, according to the theory, yes, the theory, about vaccines that it produces 
um, you know, uh, antibodies, that all of that is true. It's true. Okay, but what about COVID-19 vaccines? That, that yet it does a bit, uh, use a bit of uh, logic over there because they have been released over a short period of time and why are everybody like forcing you to take it? Oh yeah. Yeah, so this type of propaganda isn't to, uh, to be tolerated. And that was my point uh, when I first started this podcast as well. It's like, I don't want to be forced to take a vaccine, especially if I believe that I'm pretty safe from it. And the, uh, that doesn't mean that disease doesn't exist. The disease does exist. But that doesn't mean I should take the vaccine. The, no, I, I'm not taking it. My family's not taking it. I believe the virus was invented for the vaccine. Um, there's so much that I've read and uh, watched and researched that it's all an agenda. Again, um, there's an agenda why they're pushing the vaccine, especially over here. Um, <clears throat> so much there's incentives for people to take it. And I don't think that a lot of people have done their research. What yeah, I, I in. Yeah. any of the vaccines. Yes. Um, I know there are, there are two different types for the COVID. There's the mRNA and then the ones that aren't mRNA vaccines, um, the Pfizer and Moderna. And then we have Johnson Johnson over here. Those are the three main ones that people are um, getting. <clears throat> but I know that like the spike proteins on it, um, that's what's causing a lot of trouble with the vaccines. Um, and I know a lot, of, a lot of people don't know about spike proteins or like the shedding that can go on afterwards. Um, but it's like for, it's for a virus that has a 98% recovery rate. And uh, there's so many, and I don't know if you've looked at the uh, theories research, but there's so many adverse reactions that have taken place for the vaccinations and from the vaccines. Um, and they're honestly causing a lot more injuries and deaths than the actual number of deaths from COVID that the CDC put out. Yes, uh, there's so much of uh, information that's accumulating from really trustworthy websites like childrenshealthdefense.org. Mm -hmm. uh, and they talk about they talk about their own stuff is like 21% of deaths were related to cardiac disorders 54% of the people who, uh, the people who died were male and 44% were female and the remaining death uh, reports did not include gender of the disease and so there were so many uh, like skeptical um, things popping up because like people do not look at the other side. It's supposed to be when the media gives you information, you're supposed to collect all the information and you're supposed to weigh out both sides of the situation and then make a decision. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is that they're totally relying on the media, totally relying on the doctors. And I'm telling this from my experience is that not all doctors weigh both sides of the story. Okay, there's only going to be, there are only like, like I would say people need to be street smart and all kinds of smart to in order to live in this world. But some of the people I have known are only book smart. So, yeah, yeah so 
I'm I'm showing them like these 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 things happen behind your back doesn't mean that this side of the story shouldn't be totally ignored. I mean, you must take into consideration because it might be your life. So yeah, and it depends on how well your body like reacts to it. Mm-hmm. If it, if it doesn't, then I this is my opinion is that it, you are better off. I think without taking the vaccine, in my opinion. It's that if you're meant to survive, you will survive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's our. Not, yeah, it's not a, like a detriment. There are other detrimental diseases out there in this world. Yeah, and we have like our natural immune system and antibodies. They're strong enough to fight off most things like naturally. So I think by putting a foreign substance into your body that creates a foreign and foreign materials that latch onto your immune system and deplete your immune system because you choose to inject this. Um, You're only doing yourself harm. Um, And that's just from different kinds of research and uh, articles that I've read during this entire thing. Um, I know in one of your previous podcasts, you talked about the lab leak for- Yes. COVID and everything, I 100% know that's factual. Um, Last week I was reading, it actually started at the University of North Carolina here. And in 2017, I believe, uh, the United States passed a law that we can't do that kind of research because it's detrimental for uh, human rights. So that's whenever they moved the research to China and it was funded by the uh, Obama administration, and then again, Dr. Fauci. Yes, um, but I have also read that um, w- the WHO, World Health Organization, um, also now recommends uh, interleukin-6 receptor blockers to treat COVID-19 patients, and I think that's a better alternative, but again, it's a new discovery, so you have to check on that. It's like, yeah. it's like whenever there is there are a lot of speculations going on in social media of course and there are obviously going to be completely different views but although we have like some satisfactory results from the vaccine itself regarding the safety the tolerance and the immunogenicity in the COVID-19 the COVID-19 vaccine still faces many risk failures and uh, it's and producing the most effective vaccine takes a considerable a considerable amount of time and mm-hmm. I feel like and I feel like they're not spreading that information but just alarming more people so we are on the fear phase as well and I think I saw some of your a couple of your posts because you were telling me that you are, you were telling I think your people that there's fear there's bribing there's oh yeah yeah the steps of um manipulation, yes. fear, bribery, um, reward, and then violence. Yes. And I don't know if it's happening there, but the current administration here, um, they put out a statement a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe a month ago, saying that they now want to go door to door to check and make sure that everybody's gotten the vaccine. 
But are you sure that they're going to do it because they always tell you about several stuff just to scare you and then? Yeah, and I think it's a lot of that is a scare factor. I know that it wouldn't sit well with a lot. And I know there's a lot of governors from a lot of states that are like pushing back against it. Um, because again, it is our medical choice and our own, like our choice, if we want to get it or not, it's our health decision. Um, and I think they're, it's an agenda. Again, they're trying to push, um, again, a scare tactic. Yeah, yeah. For here, in here, uh, President Macron did ask that uh, vaccine should should not be mandatory, but uh, we had to see how that goes because he uh, made it less stricter. I mean, like masks are not mandatory, but I don't know how he will actually, um, he asked whether the vaccines can, do not have to be mandatory. And I know you shared me that news from uh, New York Times. As yeah. Well. Yeah. So... Yeah, so he's not sure whether he will uh, make it uh, uh, not mandatory or not. So okay, yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. I had the article pulled up here and was reading it um, a little bit more before we logged on. Um, so it's not mandatory right now, and there is there going to be like the passports to enter into like published uh, establishments. They say, but uh, nothing has been confirmed yet. So I like he had made uh, all the policies like stricter, like where masks are not uh, mandatory to wear, but like I just wear it because I think that's more safer for me. And um, that's my personal choice. I choose to wear the mask, just not get vaccinated. And I'm being careful with myself. Um, so I know that like, for me, I, I can tell you that it's a fact that uh, most of the people I know do not have this disease, so we are, we are good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, I know that there's a big thing right now with the even the masks and the vaccines being uh, mandated in our public schools and our universities. How is it for like the younger people over there yeah so i have a younger brother and sister um like they live with me and i live with my family here in france and uh, for them it's yeah it masks are mandatory but like they're not uh, i they, it's actually very surprising that all of the teachers says that teachers actually tell their students to not get the vaccine because that was surprising for me because i thought that they would say go for it because everybody's scared but like all the teachers here in France, they were like, do not take it. Good. I mean, I think there it's probably split here, maybe a little bit more of the teachers and uh, teacher association pushing the vaccine or the masks. But there's um, been a lot of statements released that children under 12 shouldn't take it. And there's like a lot of um, adverse effects for the teenagers that have is uh, inflammation of heart, blood clots, all of that. So I think they're trying to be uh, uh, more careful and covering their own tracks. Um, I know right now it's like state to state to mandate mask vaccinations. And here in Ohio, our governor, uh, Mike DeWine, just signed into bill that uh, vaccinations will not be mandatory in public schools and universities, but it will be up to school districts themselves if they want to mandate wearing masks or not. Okay, so like here, 
the classroom is like I would say the it's better because we only have masks on for in the classrooms and uh, it's just that the vaccine uh, vaccination is not mandatory as yet. Yeah, I hope we can uh, keep that for long because like I just I just I just don't like the idea that it has become such a political uh, kind of situation. Because um, a lot of the doctors out there are actually speaking out and all of a sudden the public just ignores them just yeah. because they take a, a different side to the media. And I think that is not uh, an excuse, you know, to just ignore that, ignore the fact that, um, okay, these doctors are banned, so they're, therefore they're bad. And they, are, they have this whole, like, whole thought of them as like they're coming out for a reason they're speaking out they're telling you that this spike protein is the pathogen itself which mm -hmm. nobody nobody wants to believe because they don't want anything they like bad to happen in their lives or something like this and they think that yeah, the world isn't so dangerous or isn't so I don't know I don't know what they think the world is it's not this it's not the answers to this uh, pandemic situation is not that simple as receiving information from the media, just like that. Yeah, um, and like what you were saying, they are afraid of the spike protein because that's what puts the virus back into your body. And um, at that point, it creates a lot of uh, irregularities in your immune system from what I've read. And then like with the new Delta variant, those that are getting vaccinated are more likely to contract it um, yeah. because their immune system is so much more depleted than those who rely on like natural immunity for all of this. Um, and then whenever you get infected, the body's response is going to be, uh, it's not going to be the same as it was before. It might take longer or like the Delta variant might have um, a larger effect on you and your immune system because you kind of blocked your body's like knowledge of how to fight off new viruses, if that makes sense. Yes. And also there was news that uh, COVID-19 like vaccines may not work on millions who have underlying conditions. Mm -hmm. Yet CDC continues to recommend they get the shot. And um, there was also this news in childrenshealthdefense.org. I don't know whether if you uh, read that article. Nine dating app, uh, apps partner with White House in data yeah. scheme to boost slumping vaccine rates. Yeah. So I don't, I, I really don't know why all of this is happening just for like one vaccine. Like this, this hasn't happened like this far, gone this far in history. Yeah. And that's what, um, my husband and I were talking about it. Some of the people that I work with were talking about, we've had so many different outbreaks like H1N1 and the bird flu that are just like in the snap of your finger, they exist. And I don't remember vaccines being pushed for any of this. And I think it's because, I think, because this is just another virus that was created and unleashed um, to, uh, cause mass depopulation yes like globally um i think there's a larger agenda that people aren't seeing because they refuse to 
Yeah, and then they believe, then they think that like conspiracy theories are just conspiracy theories, they're false, and it's some just unbelievable story. And actually, this pandemic kind of raises that irony because now conspiracy theories may have like a drop of truth in it. Yeah, and um, I don't know, this doesn't have anything to do with the COVID things, but there's a lot of uh, um, issues with our past election. Um, I don't know if it's updated daily like it is here, but we had um, audits with the past election in Arizona, and there turned out to be tons of um, deleted data and voters that weren't on the original uh, voter call sheet that were added on after October, I want to say 20th. So uh, there's been proof of fraud in our election. And that came out um, two days ago from Arizona. We also currently have four or five other states that are requesting and getting ready to start the process for forensic audits to fight um, the outcome of this last election. So like, uh, I didn't know about that, but thank you for actually t- uh, talking about it. Yeah. When uh, Trump and Biden, Biden were like on election, I was one of the people who did not like both of them. Just, I, I just didn't like yeah. both of them, but I was like, okay, um, Trump was the only guy who was actually thinking for himself. So I, I would give him, um, even though he's like, he has a lot of bad sides to him, but I would tell that he is a good leader in a way. I would yeah. say he is a good leader in a way because he's someone who thinks for himself. And then Biden is like, he's trying his best, okay, to be the guy on top, but he's just not, yeah. it's, not it's not, it's not happening. I think he just needs to try a bit more harder to like get there. But I think he listens to a lot of uh, people, a lot of authorities. And like, I think that um, he makes decisions according to the media as well. He, yeah. thinks like, he thinks like everyone like everyone does, the majority does. And that's what's holding him behind, I would say, as a leader. Yeah, um, I would agree with you 100%. Um, he's, you know, trying to, he's trying to win the hearts of many people, I would say. But when you, I would say if you are a leader, you have to face a lot of criticism, even though, okay, what is going on is what's going on. You have to think, why is it happening like this? And actually talk about it. I think a better leader will be talking about it other than only speaking of one side of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that, him as a person is trying to win more people's hearts than actually giving a solution to the situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way, um, I guess, to look at it. And I love talking to somebody like out of our country about this because we only get it from like both sides here in the United States. And I have only seen articles posted like in different groups, um, headlines of what is coming out about the United States and like across the country or across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's an interesting conversation to have from somebody that's not from here about what's going on because it's so blatantly obvious. Like so many people here who can see the discrepancies and what's going on um, and just kind of adding it up and then watching Biden speak um, like from the White House conferences and like the live videos that they have. I definitely think like you said, he's taking lead or control from everybody else around him. Um, I know he listens to our Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi a lot, um, but he's definitely not, I don't think a strong enough leader to lead on his feet by himself. He definitely takes the opinion of others um, and just kind of goes along with whatever is said. And I think that stands a lot of issue with a lot of Americans. Yeah, but I think that he also needs to be given time, but this is, these are his flaws. So he has a lot, of, he has quite some time to fix his flaws. And I suggest that he does something about it because when you, when the first time when you get elected to be a leader of pretty much the entire world, it feels like a lot of weight on your shoulders. So, yeah. so the thing is that I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, if he's going to be a leader, he shouldn't actually, his goal shouldn't be to win the hearts of many people. His goal yeah. should be to choose the right, make the right decision. And it doesn't matter who or what anybody thinks of it. You know, he should actually speak out his truth and he shouldn't be, he shouldn't behave like a dictator, first of all, scaring the public. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people um, feel more divided since this election started than ever before. I know I feel more divided from family and friends that don't necessarily have my same thoughts or like stance on a lot of issues and even a lot surrounding COVID and the vaccine. Um, I think it's created a wedge and in between citizens when like as a country, we need to come together but it's just causing more of a divide. Yeah, that's sad, actually, because yeah, during these times, we should be coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like, uh, especially some people were, like, too extreme about these uh, kind of situations. It's like they don't respect another person's opinion. They don't respect another person's view. It's like this is this, and um, that's it. So the thing is that I had, uh, I had a couple of, uh, I don't know, random Instagrammers who came and told me that what I'm doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, just because I said, told people not to take the vaccine and it's wrong. I'm just, and I told them, I'm just, I just wanted you to think for yourself. It's, it's your up to you. This is my point of view. I want you all to think for yourself. It's like, it depends on your situation. It depends on uh, what you faced during this pandemic and stuff like this to make a situation. But pretty much a lot of people were against the fact that I said not to take the vaccine. And that's just as bad as like people demanding that everybody take it. Yeah. Um, and that's what's happening a lot here. I know not necessarily like vaccine passports yet, but it's been in talks. Um, 
I know that before the House bill was introduced and signed that there were going to be uh, discrimination against like the students who didn't take the vaccine versus those who did. Um, same with the employment, like your place that you work. Um, if you didn't vaccinate, then you had to wear it. The mask, you didn't have a choice. But I think everybody should research and then make up their own mind yes. instead of just following the hype that uh, mainstream media Yes. And, yeah. And I, uh, I figured like a lot of people get lost in the details. Okay. It's like, this is not uh, a, a scientific problem. This is a political issue. It, yeah. it doesn't matter of, of the, uh, the science you just tell, because uh, obviously the theory of a vaccine, when you take theory of the vaccine and stuff like this, it's going to be like, all doctors and they are actually providing uh, vaccines to save the people. Obviously, when you look at the theory, it's that. But what education doesn't teach you is the logical part. Like what happens if it comes out so soon? And what happens if, I think, as you said, as one of your, po you posted, I think on Facebook that the public has lost critical thinking. Yeah. Of the mind. Yeah, I think that a lot of the public actually need that sector because in a situation like the pandemic, yes, yeah. there are vaccines are good. We've been taught that, but since this is happening, there's some sort of, as you said, agenda behind it. Yeah. Um, and the critical thinking thing, like just being able to think logically about what ifs um, and not believe like A, B, and C without doing more research into, into like what you said, they're they're just kind of choosing one path without looking at the other side. Yeah, so uh, this happened a lot, especially, especially in a social group. If your friends take the vaccine, everybody's going to be like, okay, my, all my friends took the vaccine, so I will take the vaccine. Yeah. So it's, it's not supposed to work like that. You're supposed to think for yourself. And I think that this world has a lot of people that do not think for themselves. That's the yeah, problem, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So you are a kindergarten teacher? I am, I have um, my degree in early childhood education. Um, I've been a teacher for the past eight years. I've worked with um, two-year-olds up to 12-year-olds and uh, yeah it's fun I like it I like the I like being there for the kids I like teaching um, I don't necessarily like the uh, way that our curriculum is being pushed right now and things that we are uh, being introduced to introduce to our the kids in our class um, I think that's taking a very interesting turn and like I said in the beginning if this is what had happened right whenever I was going into uh, this lane I definitely think that I would have chosen a different path to um, go. <laughs> yes uh, uh, I, I actually listened to a couple of your um, uh, uh, episodes on your podcast and I was thinking oh my god like 
even if I had to teach something like this to a bunch of kids, I would be socially uh, like so embarrassed, first of all, because, yeah, and it's like I shouldn't be teaching, grooming or lecturing about LGBTQ um, in front of kids like that age, that young. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's that's kind of like uh, that's so weird. And it is really and, weird. Um, and the parents and- don't know how, why. <laughs> Okay, a little background information for those who are just tuning in. Um, Last month, I was introduced with a LBGTQIA plus curriculum that was titled an anti-bias curriculum. Um, I have a lot of it right here that I was going to share. Yeah, you can show it uh, because there will be a video on my YouTube channel as well. Yeah, yeah. Show it. Um, let me see if I can. Okay. Okay. If I can't pull it up on here, then I do just have the regular documents here. Um, it was an anti-bias curriculum, which at first, whenever I read it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. Teaching acceptance and to be proud of yourself. Um, to not discriminate against others, to be a voice for those who are being put down. Like, okay, that's not that bad. I do that anyway. Like every day we have curriculum and activities that promote this kind of stuff in the classroom anyway. Um, But the more that I read about it, the more I realized it was about promoting the LBGTQIA uh, curriculum in the classroom which I had a major problem with. Um, As I was walking back to my classroom, my director handed me a yellow folder and it had all the curriculum in it. I took one look at it. It said, first of all, are you kidding me? Second of all, is this required? And third, do the parents know about it? Um, Because I'm not, I'm not going to teach this. It's not my job. It's not my place. I would be livid if my five-year-old came home and said, oh, this is what we learned about today. And I had no knowledge of it. Um, can I read the uh, sure. community letter? This was a, an email that was supposed to be sent out um, to families and employees, but the company got so much backlash that they decided not to send it out. Um, families were livid, employees were disgusted that they would try and push this. Um, it says, Hi everyone, as many of you know, June is LBGTQIA Pride Month. This is a time for us to uplift, celebrate and support the community voices and culture. As part of our ongoing commitment to diversity, equality and inclusion, I wanted to share more about what Pride meant to me and honoring this community this month. As an early childhood educator and a parent of two members of the LBGTQIA community, I know how important it is for all children to see their identities and experiences or those of their family members and loved ones reflected on the curriculum and in the classroom. This helps children grow up feeling confident and proud of who they are. It's equally important for children to learn about and respect uh, people who are different from them. Celebrating differences helps children become empathetic, compassionate, and understanding of those around them which is critical to building an inclusive and accepting society. Um, Like I said, we do that every day. It doesn't have to be 
pushed the way that it was. Uh, said we have also introduced our pride curriculum to centers this month. It is designed to celebrate every child and family while honoring everybody's journey in pride. Uh, as with all of our educational programs, we encourage our teachers to use it in the way that is best for the children in their classroom. We thank all of you for your support and meaningful work. Okay, that was our cover letter. That was a letter that was supposed to be sent out to families and all of our employees. Um, within the curriculum, mind you, my class is three and a half and up. So our curriculum um, is a little bit more watered down, but I also had school-agers the past like month or two when everybody started coming back. Um, we are supposed to show these okay. and introduce what they are and what they mean, okay? It's the pride flag and then the progression flag, which is the transgenders, um, the cross-dressers, all of that, to our three and four-year-olds. I don't think that's okay. I don't think it's okay to introduce that. Maybe when they're 15, it's better. I mean, yeah. that's a good age. I mean, they should know about LGBTQ history. I did um, US history for my O-level. So I know, oh, yeah. So like, I know a bit about uh, US history and the presidents that we had before. And it was like one of my favorite subjects. Um, but we did not learn about LGBTQ rights and the history. Yeah. Um, and then we had our curriculum also said, like, if any of these terms are brought up, then um, I don't know if you can see this or not. Yeah, LGBTQ plus lesbian, um, gay, bisexual, transgender, gay. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't my, think they would understand this. No, they wouldn't. And that's like what's part of my entire point with all of this. Like they hardly know their days of the week. What do you mean you want me to introduce curriculum like this that it's very complicated to understand as a three and four year old? Um, like I was honestly astonished whenever this was presented to me. Um, we were also given a book list of stories that we should read and uh, um, a list of some of the more important advocates in the community. So we were to do an activity, read a book, and then introduce somebody that's important to the community, explain why they were important in the community, um, and then, I guess, answer any questions that they might have. I'm not here to do that. I'm I'm not in your house. I'm not part of your family. That's not my choice. It goes against a lot of religious beliefs. Yeah, um, especially cultures like ours. Like we'll yeah. be like, yeah. It's like and, my mom will be like, that goes against our religion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's whenever I actually reached out to um, my district leader, which is my director's boss. Uh, I emailed her twice and explained to her, this goes against my beliefs. I'm not going to teach this in the classroom. If it's required, um, like I would quit before I teach this because it, it does go against religion and cultures and a lot of beliefs. And it's not my place in the classroom to teach this to your yeah, children. Yeah, especially a kindergarten teacher. If you're yeah. like a history, if you're a history teacher and like teaching for 15 year olds, I can perfectly understand that. Yeah. Um, 
but definitely not to the younger kids because the backlash that would come from my family is like that's I'm not going to be responsible for that backlash if you're the one that's making me implement this in the classroom and I know that it's not only happening where I work it's happening across the country at least here and I know that I heard a story I forget where it was but they had um a public reading hour at a library for like kindergarten and preschool kids. And this man, maybe a man, dressed up in like a rainbow uh, monkey suit. And he had a sex toy that was presented um, reading stories to these little children. Like that's disturbing. Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't. Okay, this is worse than pornography on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Like introducing these kind of subjects and topics to such young children. Like, I would think that it could be, uh, I don't know, so traumatic for them. They hardly, they don't know what's going on, and they don't understand the concept of, of. I don't know, being attracted to the same sex or why you look like a man but want to be a woman kind of thing. And for me to be the one to introduce that and talk to them about it, it, like, no. Maybe you should have casual uh, conversations, you know, later in life. I don't believe at that age they would, like, think of such things. The only thing they would think of is, like, playing, probably. Eating. And... That um, is another thing, like if I read these stories, you know, all kids, they watch something and then they go act it out. So if I read a story about two dads and whatever, yeah, and then like, exactly. they're like, oh, you just read us this story, so it must be okay. And then I have to write an incident report why two of the boys in my class kissed, which like that didn't happen, but they act out what they see and what they hear. Yeah, role play. Yeah, and, I did that as a lot as a kid. Yeah, um, so it's just beyond my comprehension why anybody would think this is okay to introduce in the classroom. Um, like I said, I reached out to my district leader. She came and met with me. She told me, thank you for being brave enough to stand up against this being taught in the classroom, that she appreciates um, my emails. And she went forward and said that um, the company got a lot of backlash and they will continue to support like being proud of yourself and standing up for others, but maybe rewrite the curriculum that it's not so in your face and pushed. So I thought what I did was good and I would do it again. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a right move. I mean, I'm not, uh, I am not a hater of this kind of concept. Even no, though I, was, yeah, I was grown up in a kind of religion that kind of excluded these types of people. And uh, they, they were like the devil's children or something like this. And I, I grew up thinking that love should be love anyway. Yes. So you should be with whoever you actually want to be with. And I don't give a damn about it, even if it's the same sex, but it's just not a, for a person like me. Yeah. Yeah. So I completely accept this kind of whole kind of theory, just not to be taught for really young kids. So yeah. I completely agree with you. 
from that. Like, I and uh, do you have any tension coming on from your job because because of this uh, situation? Um, not so far. I know that um, after I sent the email, there were a couple teachers that I work with that said they wish that I they would have known that this is what I was doing because they would have added their names to the email as well. Um, I know that some locations for the company completely dismissed it and they didn't even give it to their teachers because they agree that it's not their place to decide if children should be exposed to this or not. Um, so no, I spoke to a lot of the parents to tell them like, this is what's going on. Um, a couple of the parents reached out to the heads of the company. So no, I think a lot of people agreed with my stance because it's not that I'm against the community at all. I'm just against teaching it and pushing it and grooming it to the children that are in our care. It's like when they're ready, they will actually come and talk about it. Yeah. Just not before that. Yep. It's like um, there's a certain age for them to know some stuff. It's like what they portray in movies sometimes. Sometimes in movies, they show cartoons that are really inappropriate. And I think that um, all the parents are actually very peculiar about this. They, they, they actually um, actually take note of whatever their kid is watching because they're definitely scared. Of, they don't want oh, yeah. to, yeah, they don't want to like um, uh, bring up a child that is, has not properly been brought up, you know? Yeah, and that's another thing, like, there, I don't know if it's the same as over there, but there are a lot of children's cartoons that are on, like, television right now, and they have so much, um, like, hidden messages and undercover kind of things being introduced to the kids regarding, like, this, um, even the vaccine, there was one, it was, it's on Netflix, I don't know the name of it, um, but, like, saying how how much better it would be if you have like this chip in your arm kind of thing. So children are already being conditioned and groomed in so many other environments. Um, my classroom's not going to be one of them. Yeah, even my brother uh, was watching uh, like a cartoon on Netflix and he was like, this is what they show us. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. And then like you said, parents need to be more um aware of yes. what is being introduced to their kids in tv and in the classroom exactly and it's like uh i i think when the kids are ready they can take it um, they can actually look into this and kind of educate their, themselves on the community and stuff like this but before that before knowing themselves it's kind of a bad a bad idea i would think yeah, yeah. 100% agree. And um, even my aunt is um, a kindergarten teacher she, and she also teaches her kids as well, but she would be furious if this happened back in my country. She, yeah. would, like, she would be the first one to go out and like scream at the director. Um, and that's what I know even a lot of other like higher up people in the company, they had a problem with it too. Like not being able to do anything because of their position, but being so against the curriculum. Um, and there are a lot of teacher pages that I am on and part of, and I shared this with them. 
and they've shared stuff of the same thing happening, um, like I said, all across the country of the LBGT curriculum and critical race theory being introduced and like being forced to be taught in the classroom, which is, again, ridiculous to me. Yeah, so anyways, my aunt also start, made her own books like 10 years ago because she, yeah, she actually found out some things that were not taught in three to four years and should be taught. And uh, it was like an easier way for people to learn English. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so she made she kind of made her own books. Um, and if she saw LGBTQ, she would be like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what um yes. it's crazy that the hard left turn that our education system is turning. Um teaching it's, it's failing actually. Yeah, it really is. It's teachers need to teach academics, your English and history and math and science, not life skills and theory that should be taught at home. Some of us don't learn life skills. That's the problem. And um, this is what I actually found out throughout my entire life is that they don't teach you life skills. Yeah. That's, that's really important uh, for our education system as well. Um, only we were taught like critical thinking, but that was just a temporary class as well. And then I was like uh, asking them, like, why don't we have classes like this? And what's stopping you from actually making this class a permanent class? Because we actually need this in life, not Pythagoras theorem. We, we don't need Pythagoras theorem. I haven't used it for a long time. Or vectors, um, vectors of motion, if you know physics and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. I haven't used it for many, many years. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a point. Um, I think there's, there's just a fine line between education, what needs to be taught and what should be taught, and then things that just aren't appropriate to introduce, I think, in, in the primary and secondary um, levels of education, I guess. Yeah. So I'm so glad you could attend this podcast and we had a great conversation. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for having me on. So guys, I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Courtney Allen, uh, podcaster also of Patriot Strong. I really want you to check out her podcast as well. And I also wanted to tell you that um, the news that is uh, being spread in BBC and the New York Times only gives you the like end result, while uh, people like us and the citizens of France itself, they're looking up on the French news and the French news, it's like the process is like told in much detail and as I could like, as I, I fathom the situation in the pandemic is that presidents have no control of what's happening um, with the pandemic and the health pass or was this green pass has been regulated. But let's actually take a deeper look of what happened during these past few days in France. Um, I want to talk about this since uh, at the time I did this um, recording uh, with Courtney Allen, uh, there wasn't much information um, regarding uh, what uh, our government 
or the government will do. Um, so I would like to go through some of the things that the government stated that they would perform and some of the events that occurred during in France because um, you will never hear this um, in New York Times or BBC because the media is being controlled. So there were a lot of people dying in the hospital of Montelima in France and um, this was because the vaccination was made mandatory and a lot of people died from it. So the first strike occurred in the hospital of Montelima. It was the first hospital in France to decide to go on a strike and protest. Uh, so, um, so there to free the people in France, and uh, there is actually a link on it. I just want you to check that out as well. And it's in French, though. But uh, I will link it down in the description so that you could check it out. And also, isn't there like a penal code um, that prohibits any discrimination based on health? Because um, uh, the laws in some countries should have this uh, kind of uh, code because then uh, uh, application for the sanitary pass or uh, the health pass is like uh, would be illegal and also I I would like to tell you that the Senate also rejected the health pass for like 16 or 18 year olds and then it was actually the deputies and senators afterwards they reached an agreement on the bill that sanitary pass will apply for terraces, health pass will apply for minors and there will be a suspension to pay Malls are excluded from any pass, and um, sixteen-year-olds no longer need parental permission to get vaccinated. So these are the rules. Like no laws have been passed with the bill. I just want to make that clear um, when we are speaking about France, because you hear the end result in New York Times and uh, BBC as well. So I just wanted to give you the detailed steps that are happening in France because this is what we hear in the French news because everything is in French and I have to like actually clear out all the things that are happening. In France, we do have a penal code, I think. Um, called 225-1, there should be shouldn't be discriminations of one's health so isn't the health pass or like any pass considered to be illegal if that's the case anyways um i'm rashni hevawasam your host and i'm signing off please make sure you um subscribe to teo academy on youtube as well and we are going to come up with uh, so many interesting topics that everybody in the pandemic need to hear about. And I'm trying to find more people to come join and like speak about the truth 
and because we need it during this point of time and um, I think that if we keep on searching and we could find out what the world doesn't want us to see and everybody also says that everything is conspiracy theory but it's actually not actually uh, you just have to know how the world works and that's that's how it is like everything is not a conspiracy theory everything is true go talk to doctors they will give you the other side of what's happening with uh, vaccinations as well because many people are dying as well anyways um, my name is rashni hevawasam and i am signing out see you next time on teo podcast the pandemic press